0: Welcome to the Tales from Travellers podcast, a show that aims to share the unique experiences of expats, travellers and those who have chosen to make a life abroad. Through our guests' unique experiences, we will explore the challenges and rewards of adjusting to a new culture, making connections, pursuing a career or even raising a family in a different part of the world. Whether you're a seasoned traveller or new to the expat lifestyle, this podcast could be an insightful tool or just a fun distraction for you're thinking about taking the leap and moving abroad. So today I'm joined by Vika, an old friend of a friend who is now living in the fantastically warm and sunny Doha and is extremely passionate about the health and fitness lifestyle and just joy, enjoying life as a whole. So from finding the right job to building a community and maintaining a healthy lifestyle, Vika seems to have done it all, but let's find out a little bit more. So first question, Vika... Tell me a little bit about yourself and how did Doha end up being the country that you're living in?
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, a little bit about myself. So I'm a coach, personal trainer, living and working in Doha now for five years. Um, I lived in Scotland before for seven years, so I've been living abroad for quite a while now. Um, Doha, it was, yeah, it was random, to be honest, how I ended up here. Um as I said I lived in Scotland and then I was planning to change my job and then I got this opportunity um to come here. I got an offer. To be honest, before I even moved, I didn't know Doha exists. <laughs> Always knew just Dubai, and as I think the majority of people. Um so yes, I got the opportunity. The manager contacted me from one of the gyms. Um and I needed a change in my life. <laughs> and yeah, it was definitely a big change coming. From Scotland to a Muslim country and again there is a lot of things that you hear in media and especially if you don't know and you haven't experienced this culture before you can think that it's totally different Um, but honestly I love it and as I said I've been living here for five years now working as a personal trainer working at the gym now I'm freelancing so I'm working for myself and I'm coaching a few classes in other gyms as well so keeping myself busy in here
0: (laughs) yeah definitely busy always the Mm -hmm. the biggest question that a lot lot of people tend to ask is are they ready to move country and are they ready for culture shock what were your expectations like moving to Doha a Muslim community versus getting there
1: yeah so to be honest because I knew the person I knew the manager from Scotland so that kind of calmed me down a little bit and obviously he told me a lot about how the life actually is here in Doha as especially as a woman Um, because obviously you thought like you need to cover up you need to wear a buy-in all of these things and so he kind of calmed me down and I'm the kind of person that I just go with it like listen I want to change up my life I'm just doing it so I didn't think too much (laughs) To be honest, I was like, Do you know what? It's an experience. If I didn't, I'm not gonna like it. I can always go back to Scotland. So I said, I'm only gonna live for a year here, and I'll go back. Uh, when I came, it was a bit of a obviously shock seeing women that are covered. Um, but at the same time, uh, to be honest, there is such a mix of people. There is a lot of foreigners here. So and my gym that I used to work at, it was a mixed gym. So you see a lot of, and the trainers from all over the world. So I didn't feel that much of a shock or the difference. Um, and obviously once I get into knowing the culture, knowing my clients, them telling me about the culture and everything. Um, yeah. I just became more and more comfortable with it, to be honest. And they are very welcoming. Um, so I don't need to cover. I don't need to do anything like all of these things. So yeah, it's, Obviously, getting out of your comfort zone, it's always hard in the first year. I think it's always, uh, the first few months is always the hardest, but it's definitely
0: worth it. What was the application process like? Obviously, you mm-hmm. knew your manager from yeah. Scotland. Was this a manager who was already making that journey to Doha and see if you want to come along? Or?
1: so No, he's already, so the gym that I moved to was a newly opened gym. Um, he's already been living here for, I think before I moved for over a year now. He's already lived here. So, for me, um, because obviously I'm from Europe, so it was easy for me. So, to get to Doha, all I needed was a visa. So, the application was basically I just had to send my CV, send my passport. They applied for all the documents, um, for my visa, for my residency card, and booked the tickets, and that was it. So, for me, it was very easy. Um, obviously, it depends the color, uh, the country that you come from, um. The, regarding the visas and stuff but to be honest to get in here it's very simple and very very easy process yeah
0: with dubai as a whole the, the, mm. the expat community and like fo- like foreigners i suppose mm. it's quite a large community do um is are those the kind of people that you engage with most of the time or
1: yes there is listen there is people from everywhere in here i haven't met any lithuanians which i'm happy about i don't really need to <laughs> as bad as it sounds, um, but mostly I engage. Well, my friends are some from Lebanon, from some from South Africa, some from UK, some from even Qatar. So it's just like yeah, it's just a mix, a mix of people. But yeah, you can find people from everywhere in here. Honestly, but even Qataris, obviously, it's different culture. But once you get to know them, you become friends as well. To be honest, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good.
0: Is it quite a mix of roles? Because again, a lot of the people that Mm -hmm. I speak to, when they're looking about working or moving abroad, the the number one thing that tends to come up is teaching, Mm -hmm. Um, especially for younger generations, people in their like 20s and early 30s.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um,
1: Mm. Yes, there is a lot of um, teachers actually as well, but a lot of them are from UK. (laughs) A lot of them are here. Most of them that I meet that are from UK are teachers. Um... Trainers now, especially like when it comes to fitness industry, it's been growing and it's grown a lot since I came here five years ago. It was kind of like people still getting to know fitness. What even is this? What why do people train and all of that stuff? But now it's growing more and more, so there's more opportunities. And to be honest, Doha is one of those places that you can always find opportunities, especially if you know people and there is always something, the police is growing. And if I compare this to Dubai, Dubai, I feel like it's more competitive. Whereas in here, there is enough places for everyone, to be honest. Enough jobs, enough everything. And even if you want to do something on your own, like, you can do it, yeah.
0: Have you looked at the opportunities for Dubai or is Doha the place that, you know, you want
1: to stay yeah Doha is the place I've been to Dubai just that uh, I went for a competition and stuff and then just uh, on holidays for a, for a few days but no it's too busy it's too crowded it's mostly in Dubai it's only foreigners like literally the locals they live more in Abu Dhabi so yes. yeah no for me it's too big whereas Doha you can still obviously it's big but you can kind of like drive around it takes 20 minutes whatever if you go a little bit further but it's more calm. Dubai is just, yeah, it's not a place for me for sure. You,
0: you mentioned you've gone over there for competitions. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've noticed as well the fitness kind of um, world as a whole has really mm. grown, especially in places like Doha, Dubai, yeah. Qatar in the Middle East, um, as well as the, the boom in um, CrossFit as well. Yes, I say yeah. the last decade, um From what I've seen. Mm. Is that- find a lot of people passionate about fitness come to Doha for because of the the CrossFit world?
1: I think not in Doha, not as much because of the CrossFit, more to Dubai if uh, you go specifically for CrossFit. In Doha, more just the functional fitness. CrossFit is popular now in Doha and it's growing, but it's still, I would say it's still kind of like a baby. They do competitions now in here, like local CrossFit competitions and everything. Um so it's slow the past two years I would say it's grown a lot. Um mm. but Dubai is more of a like the place of, there is so many CrossFit gyms in here and there and Yeah, but I think eventually Doha is gonna become this place as well, to be honest. Um we have we have a lot of CrossFit gyms as well. We have a lot we have a lot of gyms in general in <laughs> Doha. Um, but yeah, in general, I think fitness industry, is growing more and more and more. And especially within the local community as well, which is for them, it's like a big change and even local women becoming trainers, which is amazing, you know? So it's great. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, especially for good PTs. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. There is obviously, it's easy now to become a PT. Uh, But especially for people who have good qualifications, good experience, 100%. Um, As I said, there is a lot of gyms and there is new gyms opening as well. So it's important. And it's so obviously depends so much on the coaches. So bringing people from, let's say, UK or Europe, like, that has experience for them, this is definitely, I would say, the place to be. Um, you know, because Doha is kind of small, so that's why if you offer something different, um, so you'll definitely be known and you'll grow in here as um, as a coach, as an
0: athlete, you know? You mentioned you had, you know, seven years in Scotland, mm-hmm. you've obviously grown up there, and you mentioned that you wanted to change jobs, change careers. Um, What what were you doing in Scotland? Were you still studying fitness to to become a PT?
1: So before I even go into fitness in Scotland, uh, after the university, I uh, worked in retail. (laughs) I think as a lot of people do (laughs) in the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I go into fitness, got my qualifications and everything. And then eventually I moved to Edinburgh where I worked in Virgin Active. Uh, which then became Nuffield Health. So, yeah, after that, so after working, I started as a PT. Then I became a um, fitness manager and then operations manager. So I worked my way up in there. Um, and after, yeah, so I wanted to change a job. So then I got off for of work to work in a hotel, run the hotel, um, gyms and their fitness, um fitness side of things. But... Yeah, but then at the same time, I was like, it's the same, obviously the same city. So it just, I needed like some, a new challenge.
0: When your colleague, your your manager came in mentioned mm-hmm. Doha, and obviously, what, was it straight away? Yeah, actually, yeah, let's go to Doha. Or do you go, actually, I might want to move to another part of England, I might want to Great Britain, UK, or go back to Europe?
1: Yeah, to be honest, it was, I was at that point where it's like, you know what now I'm still young <laughs> I can still do it and if I'm not gonna do it I'm just gonna stay in Scotland and I know I would, have, I would have regretted it so I didn't really think too much I obviously I spoke to my parents and I was like listen I'm planning to move I got the approval so then it literally I think within a month I got all my documents I got all my paperwork and back my bags and then I left and yeah having been back since just (laughs) (laughs) got
0: you're probably enjoying better weather as well
1: oh 100% just now it's been like raining a few days but yeah like listen the weather and everything is definitely much better
0: here just seeing your Instagram every now and then you know I mean my gym is in a dank old warehouse but your gym seems to be on a balcony overlooking the amazing sites yeah so
1: outdoor gyms in here it's very popular having outdoor area it's because, obviously, of the weather. Well, during the summer, you can't use it because it's too hot. But, like, during the winter, for us, it's perfect. And people love it. So, in here, you'll find, I think, 99% of the gyms that has inside and then outdoors as well. So, it's perfect. Wow. <laughs> Not to make you That's jealous right. or
0: anything. <laughs> That's all right. You don't make me jealous. I'll, <laughs> I'll stick with my warehouse. <laughs> but... I think a lot of these obviously outdoor gyms not just because of the weather but because of the um the cost of living and the expenses Doha the middle east comparing it to places like the UK and England it's a bit of a step up it's yes, a bit pricey definitely. Cost a bit more when you moved out there mm-hmm. did your work and your manager did they help set you up with accommodation or did you have to go out looking for an apartment looking for a box for mm-hmm.
1: so the way it works the way I was would- I would say most of the gyms, obviously, there are different gyms, but where before I moved, so my gym provide the accommodation. Uh, they provide the transport from the accommodation to the gym. So the accommodation that they normally provide, it's like villas, so the girls' villa, then there is the boys' villa. And the gym was 10 minutes away by car. So And then basically with that, you get um, to accommodation and you get your basic salary. So you don't need to pay for anything. You get your basic salary. And then when you work as a coach, as a personal trainer, then you get your commission. So again, every gym has different commission schemes and stuff. So in a way, obviously you can survive. It's enough, but it is an expensive country. So when you come from Scotland or whatever, and you start seeing like, okay, food prices and everything, even though you don't pay for accommodation, but it does cost a lot um but eventually once you find your feet like it's okay so my gym definitely like they helped me a lot um they provided everything and obviously they've lived people lived there before so they told me like the places to go to and all of these things so no they definitely helped a lot and if you want to live in the staff accommodation you can live for as long as you want um, but again, if you want to move out to your own place, you can do that
0: as well. Would you say it's achievable to move out by your own place or do a lot of people tend to live in staff accommodation for the long term?
1: So from my experience, we, most of us, most of it is either you live for the first year or like up to two years because the accommodation, if you move out, it's very expensive. Like, it's very expensive to live. Mostly people either live with someone or live in their studio apartments. Again, the places, that the apartments are very nice (laughs) when you move. But, yeah, you definitely, you have to pay quite a lot of money. So, for the first, yeah, year or two, till you kind of like, okay, build your business, build everything, then... Yeah, you live in the staff accommodation and then you get some allowance. But again, it's just a small amount that you get the allowance, you know.
0: And now with you doing starting up your own PT business, private, mm-hmm. um, how was it starting up your own business? Did you find it easy? Was it a slow burn?
1: It's, um, it's hard. Because again, it's something that you get out of your comfort zone. Working at the gym, you have your set salary or you have your basic salary, you have your commission. So you kind of roughly know your income that you have coming in. When you go to work by yourself as a freelancer, uh, it's great. You don't work for anyone. But, again, it's it's hard because I think with all the PTs, you can't be guaranteed, obviously, if the same client is going to be the next month. Maybe they'll travel. Again, when you work as a freelance, you don't get paid for your holidays. Whereas if you work at the gym, yeah. you get paid for your holidays. So it's like it has its pros and cons. But for me, it's good because I work as a as a coach in um, one of the gyms. I'm just coaching part time, so I do three times um, classes. I coach classes in there, so having like a little base and then having my PTs, that's for me. And if you are as a freelancer, that's the best way to go, to be honest.
0: With the other PTs, the other mm-hmm. expats that are working at the gym, is there a high turnover you've been there for five Mm. years do you find that other people stick around for one or two and then go? Uh, yes it's a
1: a it's a high turnover to be honest um especially in my gym um because i think the more people want to kind of like live okay you work for the i worked in my gym for over three years and then you start seeing okay i can either go work by myself be a freelance it'll be better for me or people after a year, they just don't like it. They don't like the culture. They don't like the way of living, the living costs, or things like that. Um, so people either go back home or move to the same Dubai. They move to Kuwait. They move to Saudi. So yes, in especially in the gyms, there is a definitely a high turnover.
0: Being in fitness, you know, probably more just as important as the exercise mm, itself is what you 100%. eat. What is the food like out there? And you know, do you miss <laughs> Scottish food? Even though it's quite
1: <laughs> To be honest, no, I don't miss it. Um, but the food the food, the the quality and everything is
0: good. It's
1: very good. You can find everything that you want in the supermarkets. Even the same Scottish food, you can find it there as well. Like anything you want. Um so the qual but again, I think it's in everywhere. Like if you wanna buy better quality food, of course you're gonna pay more. Like, you know. Um, but things like even like restaurants or everything, there is a lot of healthy, healthy places, healthy restaurants to eat. Um, so to be honest, it's, yeah, it's easy. And again, you can find the places to buy the food from and you can still manage your expenses and everything so that it wouldn't cost you that much, you know, as a young woman
0: Mm. in Doha, you know. People do kind of think, do I have to cover up, especially yeah. as a woman? Is it safe to go? Will I be looked at mm-hmm. no matter where you go? I mean, the people in China, a lot of um, kind of Western women when they go there in certain rural parts, yeah. you do get stared at. People do start wanting to take photos. You you mentioned that it was fine for you getting there and the culture shock mm-hmm. wasn't that grand. But is that for the whole of Doha, or do you still have to? follow some of the Muslim you
1: still have to follow so there is a few parts so there is like the there is the pearl lucille which are more i would say open parts where you can wear women can wear shorts there is a beach i live next to the beach so you can wear your bikini go for a swim um if you go to more like suit that's like an older side of doha that's their older place so that's where you would i don't need like cover up but obviously I don't I wouldn't wear like open shoulders and shorts I would cover my legs cover my shoulders not for anything but then if you don't again people stare uh, and then just to respect of course the culture and everything and um, so in certain places obviously women don't need to wear abayas and things like that and cover their hair unless if you will go to the mosque or something yes of course But um, it's just more for yourself, I would say. But to be honest, in the area where I live and the area that I work at, it's absolutely free. And yeah, you don't need to worry about anything. I think it's becoming more, especially now that I've seen for the past five years, it's becoming more and more even open. And especially after the World Cup, um, it's, Mm. yeah, it's just definitely the, the locals becoming more used to this as well and more open to... Europeans and the the way obviously we dress and things like that. But again, as I said, it's just you need to know when to respect the culture and when to kind of like okay, be a bit more modest, you know. In
0: in that mindset as well, after the world or during Mm -hmm. the World Cup, when a when a lot of you know British people, a lot of Europeans moved over, everyone does have these thoughts. You know, do I have to cover up? Am I going to be safe? Do I have to be certain respectful? Did you find that now post World Cup in um, Doha, people? Bo- on both sides, Doha and European, they see more open-eyed to it, or when they see that it's now more of an acceptance. Hundred percent,
1: hundred percent, especially just before the World Cup, the media and everyone was like, "Yeah, they were talking about so badly about Doha about everything." And then when people came, especially mostly people from the UK, um, when they meet, like not like necessarily meet local people, but they see everything they see, they're like, "Oh wow." it's actually, you can do things in here. It's not like what people say, you can't do anything with the same as like, if you want to go out and drink, you can do that. You don't, it's not like it's, uh, forbidden or anything. It's just, there are places where you can go and you do it, you know? So I think people seeing it now more, um, that it's a place that has a lot to offer, that has a lot to see, like a lot of beautiful places in here and people are not, as uh, so I would say as strict as they thought that they are you know
0: especially I think when you're dealing with British people <laughs> as well I think because there's a certain level of I don't want to say stinginess and strictness about just British people yeah. as a whole so it was good to, because it's such a long tournament mm. as a whole I'm, I'm not a massive person so you'll probably understand I won't have a there's
1: to a many of that that so funny.
0: Yeah, so I, I would just refer to it at the World Cup and yeah. football fans but because it's such a long mm. tournament um did you find that well, there were more people, like say, stopping off, and did you find an influx in tourists coming to like your gym and you engaging with mm-hmm. these football fans, explaining those? Yeah. So
1: to be honest, because I'm not a football fan as well, so I didn't really get involved too much in the whole like fan zones or the uh, the whole tournament and everything. But yes, where there has been, we've seen a big influx. Not as much to the gyms. To be honest at the gyms didn't see as many like obviously like other people coming in. Um but if you would go to certain places where like there's more attractions and things like that, yes, a lot a lot of like people from all over the world to be honest. Um so and the locals, especially like obviously I'm speaking to my clients and other locals and stuff, so they loved it. For them, seeing, like, more foreigners coming in and everything, they loved it. And then when ev- once every- everyone left, everyone had, like, a post worker depression <laughs> because Doha became so quiet. You know, everyone is like, what's going on? Um, so, no, definitely. I think now Doha is trying as well to do more events, to bring more, again, more singers, more everything, just... Because it's it's great, it's great for the community, it's great for everyone. Yeah,
0: just like a lot of the countries and cities around there, it has grown not just yeah. in, you know just in size but in popularity as well. But um, there's always this. Pre- I'm going to stick with football for a bit. <laughs> I always find it fascinating. There's always a perception about the football yeah. yobs, and luckily, apparently, this is the first World Cup where no English people were arrested <laughs> because and they put it down. To the yeah, fact, I, I the was going to say. So. yeah. <laughs> Did, um, were there any, obviously mm. you coming from Scotland, part of, you know, the UK, massive football country. Did people come up to you mm-hmm. from like South Africa, although I think that's still quite a football fan. And be like, should we be worried about football jobs? And did you have to tell people, yeah, they're not so bad. Did you calm them down or did you just stay out? To be of honest,
1: that? personally, I just stayed out of it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think at first people were a bit like, how is it going to be? without alcohol, without all of these things, but especially, and then the things that we were kind of like hearing and stuff as well, that women felt so much safer. And they said, this is the first world cup that, especially people that travel to all the world cups, um, that it was Mm. so you can, you don't need to worry. And the way it's been organized and obviously the alcohol and everything is just everyone, I think enjoyed it even more. And even the British people, they loved it, (laughs) you know? So, um yeah, it was good, I think, to see that it can be done without alcohol as well.
0: It can be done, but <laughs> you know, God help us when the uh, World Cup starts. Um,
1: Definitely.
0: You know, it might have been a dry tournament in Doha, but, uh, but I assure you. Yeah, that's the only course.
1: one that's been like this. You know?
0: no. Coming on from sport, big, big fitness. You also mentioned you go to mm-hmm. Dubai for some competitions. Is there a big sport over there that they're passionate about, or is it still quite neutral?
1: In Doha? um do you know what like when it comes to sports mostly now but that's more like they love their paddle which is similar to like tennis uh they love that but that's again that's just a new thing and then it just becomes popular and popular in here so everyone starts doing it um sport is not as much like i would say they like their triathlons now they're doing the marathon next next friday So it's becoming, I think it's slowly, slowly, I would say growing, but there is not like one sport that they would just like be so in love with. Yeah. But it's, it's just a mixture of everything, but they're doing, as I said, they're doing, doing events, which is amazing. So like next, um, next Friday when they they do this marathon, it's like around 9,000 people that signed up. So it's, yeah, it's great.
0: No, running Disney. Disney <laughs> well, I'm now.
1: doing 21k. But. I haven't done it in my life, but might as well, you know.
0: No, <laughs> I, well, I wish you all the best, but <laughs> I'll, I'll sit down. Yeah. I'll be out of for you. But again, that comes down to your to your to your life, mm. your goal, your job. Your Instagram puts you down as a yeah. rookie, and again, you've mentioned that you're doing. You've done mm. some competitions. Are there more coming up and are there many more competitions around? Yes,
1: like there is actually quite a few, um, especially in Dubai. Well, now I'm kind of moving a little bit from, from CrossFit, so I need to actually update my Instagram. <laughs> so um, there is competitions in Doha as well. Uh, They're going to do two CrossFit competitions this year, as, as I know of, and there might be more. But I'm now moving more towards like high training. I don't know. It must be actually popular in UK as well. I don't know if you've heard... Because they do competitions in London as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you, you know... Not one that I've heard okay. So we're planning either to go... Uh, I'm planning to go in March um, to Barcelona for this competition. It's more like a functional, um, more like endurance kind of like competition. Uh, but yes, in Doha, there is a few coming up this year as well. So there is always something to work towards. And... In Dubai, Saudi, they just had two weeks ago, they had come big cross competition in Saudi. So, yeah, there is around this region, there's a lot, a lot, honestly, that's going on.
0: And for, for potential mm-hmm. people who want to get into fitness, want to get into PT abroad, is there. What is the advice that you give them? Do they need to have a specialism? How do they need to push themselves to get a job? In so first
1: of all, obviously, since you have your qualifications and everything, um, having something unique that you can offer, again, knowing what's your speciality, what kind of, if you want to work at the gym, I would say the best way to start, uh, especially when you move to a new country, is first start at the gym. Because this is where you get to know the people, where you get to know the culture and you meet people. Um, So that's the best way to start it. And this is where you can even like find yourself, okay, if I want to work at the gym or do I, maybe I specialize in powerlifting. So I'm gonna create my own powerlifting club or whatever, like, you know, let's say that. So yeah, that's the best way to start. But honestly, it's easy. It's simple. The best way is looking into different gyms um again social media it's so easy these days like you can dm them contact them you know um or even if you see someone like even myself okay she lives in doha maybe she knows contacted people like that um so yeah it's very very easy definitely it's just not being scared and knowing what kind of what you expect as well from the job and what you want you know so
0: you you may know, do these gyms mm-hmm. when they bring over PTs from other from other countries, do they offer a sponsorship yes. like with
1: mm-hmm. when I
0: went over to China they, they offered to reimburse you for your flight. They obviously, as you mentioned, yeah. give you accommodation. But are there, there aren't these upfront costs that can put
1: No, so off. normally, uh-huh. especially when I moved, I'm not too sure at the moment because I haven't worked for the gym for for a while now, but I'm sure it's still... When people, when they see the gym, the company brings you over, so they'll pay for your visa... They'll sponsor you, they'll pay for your flights, and again, depending on your contract, normally they do annually, they give you one flight back to your home country as well. So after a year of working with them, um, so all the costs, and most of the gyms, as I said, as well, they provide accommodation as well. So again, you don't obviously need to worry about these things, which are big things, so you can come have your first I would say like savings money for your food and things like that, you know, till you get your feet. Um and then you start working and everything. So normally again as it depends on the company, but most of the companies they they will look after you and get all the paperwork and everything sorted for you. Yeah.
0: And um before anyone goes over there, are there any anything they should have ready? I mean everyone goes everywhere with their phone. There's not <laughs> yeah. any way to escape it. And especially in the Middle East, it's it's a very forward-thinking when it comes to technology. When you move to, I'm I'm going to China because that's where I've been, you can't use half the apps that you'd use over here. You can't use Instagram, you can't use Facebook without a VPN. And you can't use WhatsApp, you have WeChat. Are there any apps for Doha and the Middle East as a whole that you suggest people must have on their phone to survive?
1: To be honest, you can use everything in here. And again, when it comes just to calls, you would need a VPN. Uh but apart from that your WhatsApp, your Instagram, your Facebooks and everything is working perfectly fine and there is nothing that I can even think of now to be honest, that we just like use and or anything. No. Everything is very open and easygoing. But I've heard that in China it's much, much more <laughs> restricted.
0: Yeah, half the stuff didn't work and it doesn't help that I've got a Google phone, so I can't <laughs> go back there now at all. But yeah. VPN, so no, in, in the
1: Middle East VPN. in general, like even in Dubai and everywhere, it's absolutely fine.
0: You moved over there, you knew your manager, you've been there for five years. What kind of friendships have you struck up over that five years? Are these people that you've known for that five years, or is it so easy? It's very easy to
1: make friends, to, make friends to be honest. The one I would say advice that I would give to people is obviously be careful especially i don't know as a as a woman and if you come to a foreign country and if you are european and when it comes to like arab men or all of these things they will talk a lot you know so you just have to kind of like okay no have your boundaries and things like that Uh but in general no it's very easy to make friends Um and again if you move if you work at the gym so again the first, I think, friends that will become is going to be your colleagues. Um, since moving, obviously, away from the gym, working by myself, and going to different gyms, um, I've uh, yeah, friends from different places and things like that. But yeah, it's very Doha. Would say it's definitely very very easy place to make people uh, to meet people, and people are all easygoing, most of them, and especially in fitness community, this is the best way to meet to meet people, to make friends, you know, you go to different gyms. Um, yeah, that's the best way to do it.
0: Would you say that you've built up a strong reputation and you've got a strong presence now across the fitness community? And don't, I would uh, say, yes,
1: definitely. Um, that's, and that's for me, it's very important, obviously, when I choose um, the gyms that, let's say, they ask me to cover or to work for or coach or freelance or whatever. Um, so... Yes, I build I build the reputation and again competitions help as well because you put yourself out there so people get to know you. Mm. Um and obviously when you coach classes, as I said, doha is quite small, so again people will talk. So yes, I'm non quite a strict coach. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How have you marketed yourself in a way that's going to that gets you out there not only to say foreigners mm-hmm. coming in to do that their, their fitness and gyms and, and just, but how have you marketed yourself to um doha and to the, the muslim community and arab men like how, how have you marketed yourself so to
1: be honest my social media has kind of changed quite a lot uh, and i'm actually building my now my fitness uh my fitness page which is going to be the separate Um, when it comes to, uh, yeah, marketing yourself, I haven't, as a coach, I haven't marketed myself as much. So the gym obviously helped me a lot when it comes to getting the clients and things like that. Uh, but again, you need, have to be careful as well what you post on your social media. I would say when you are in a foreign country, it's as open as it is, you still kind of like have to, again, like respect it and yeah, the, again, depends what you want to market, you know, so yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Ah. Well, yeah. Mo- moving away from your your fitness, and let's mm-hmm. talk about your, your time in, in Doha. Obviously, just looking at, you know, you type in photos, there's fantastic architecture, there's, you know, wonderful surroundings. Was there a moment when you are in Doha over <laughs> the last five years, or even yesterday, that has, like implanted a core memory are there any sights and sounds that are always going to be oh yeah
1: definitely um the pearl so this is the area where i live uh that has the marina all the boats around the beautiful places um yeah and again i have where I work where the gyms are and um, they have a beautiful promenade where you go so that's yeah the favorite places that's um, definitely will always will always be in my mind will always <laughs> remind me of Doha and um, Doha has so many beautiful places but I think that's that's the two places that's my two favorite ones yeah
0: <laughs> and what what is the uh, what is the nightlife like
1: again it's if you want to go party if you want to go out clubbing if you want to do that you can do that there is plenty of places to do that. If you want to go for a nice chill children, uh, um, especially now after the World Cup that they built and opened so many different restaurants, you can always do that as well. If you want to just relax and go for a walk at the by the beach um, uh, on the same promenade, you can do, do that also. So it honestly, everyone can choose whatever they want, whatever they prefer. So it's, it's a big variety of things to do.
0: Would you say you've seen... Everything that Doha has to offer, or are you still finding new new streets to walk down and new sites to
1: see? Uh, there is still new things and new sites to see, to be honest. As I said again, like, especially that they opened so many new things and I still haven't seen it at all. Because for me personally, when I live and work in like just 10 minutes away from the two places, so I live in this bubble. So going to a new place is kind of like making an effort. So, but no, definitely there is, there is many more places and things to do and things to see. And there is more things. I feel like there is new things coming up, uh, opening every single day, you know? So, and this is what Doha is known for as well. Yeah.
0: Just Yeah, Honestly. Yeah. You make it sound like it's home now. Is Doha home?
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah, I want to say yes, it is. I mean, I'm not planning to move anywhere anytime soon. So for now, it's home and it does feel like home. Um, again, at the end of the day, you'll always feel like a foreigner. <laughs> but even when I go back home, I feel like a foreigner. So I'm kind of like <laughs> in between, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, a wonderful sight of limbo.
1: Yeah, 100%. But no, it feels it does feel very homey like honestly and it's it's a place that i can call home right now and definitely grateful to be here,
0: yeah. Is family are they still in lithuania is their family in scotland no my
1: family um, is all in lithuania so they're all back home yeah <laughs>
0: Do you, do you manage to go back to Lithuania much to see them? Or it... Because
1: I only go once a year back home because uh, it's quite quite a journey to go home. Um, but they kind of, my family is used to this as well. I've always been the one living abroad. So I, and especially living in Doha, you want to travel somewhere else as well, see places. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm kind of like, okay, once a year I go home and then the rest, maybe two times or one more time, go somewhere
0: to a different country. How many other countries have you been to whilst out in Doha? Whilst
1: in Doha, I've been well, I've only been to two because of Corona and everything, couldn't really travel much, <laughs> been oh, yeah. stuck. Um, so I've only been to two, but this year is the year when I'm planning to definitely travel more. Thailand and South Africa are on the list.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, two very beautiful countries, Yes, yeah, definitely. Just quickly on it. I don't want to like, make, make bore everyone with COVID, cuz hopefully it won't be <laughs> yeah. a problem. But how was your life during COVID in Belarus? Uh... It
1: was it was challenging. It was like a definite thing as yes, for everyone. Um it was clo- I was close to moving back home cuz again, I was lucky that our gym I was still working for the gym so they helped us obviously to pay for accommodation and um things like that. So I was lucky with that. Um, it, was, it was definitely challenging for everyone. A lot of places had to close down. Even a lot of people lost their jobs. So it was definitely an eye-opener as well for everyone. Um, how things can change quickly. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, hope hopefully nothing like this will ever happen again. So no.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I mean, the, the thing that I brought out, out of it, I mean, I, I was, again, like everyone mm. else locked down at home. You um you come out of it with a greater sense of taking care of your mental health. hundred percent yes. And you being, you know, a, a fitness free mm. fitness guru, all about it, that must have been something that did that did that change how you like exercised and just... <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um I was exercising in my balcony. <laughs> so as a lot of people again, because the gyms were closed and it was too hot to even do anything like just go run outside. Um yeah, but that was the only thing I think that kept me sane. But again, people, more people saw it as well that okay, it's not a must to go to the gym; you can do something at home as well. So it was kind of like a good and a bad thing. In, yeah, in both
0: yeah. ways. That's right; it's better than you know, <laughs> sweating out in the yeah. living room. That that, that was my yeah.
1: That's what you did, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that was the joy of everything. Have you found since being out there? Have you got? that big accomplishment, something that's made you say, say year two, that's when you completed your first um, expo maybe. And then you said, this is my big achievement. I'm staying out here for another year. Do you have that moment, that star moment while you're out there?
1: I think surviving, again, surviving COVID <laughs> and coming out of it and building, because this is when I started, just after I started my being a freelancer. So I think that was like just COVID just finished and then I started so that was like my biggest like okay I'm staying and I'm gonna work my ass off I'm gonna build it and I'm just still at the very bottom I'm still step by step but I think that and I definitely said to myself this year is gonna be the year so that's why I'm finally starting to build my online business and everything so yes this is and that's why I decided to stay more in Doha because there is so much more opportunities I
0: know there is so much more to take from it definitely 100% is, um, there's huge yeah. opportunities I mean when, when I was looking into it fitness, PTs, <laughs> marketing, teachers I mean as you mentioned earlier
1: everything honestly you know, in every industry that you can think of it's, there is always something you know
0: no it's crazy and it's, it's amazing how many opportunities there are I, I know a few teachers in England and mm. so many of them have colleagues who've you know because of one the cost of living yeah. and the they pay they've moved to Doha, Dubai, Qatar exactly have a better life and not have to be worried about
1: exactly exactly and it's just again it's not being scared to take that step you know obviously there's always a risk involved and it's always as i said it's not easy but it's definitely worth it in the end
0: do you know anyone or any families that may have moved into doha because it's such a welcoming city for any industry
1: families i've only know like married couples um But I know, obviously, that I know people that met in here and got married and had kids. Um, Yes, I know of them as well. So it's very, and again, it's, as I said, like, it's very welcoming and it's very, even for foreigners and everything, like, it's very easy to get everything sorted, to build it, even to build a family. It's very safe, uh, first of all. So, um, and they provide and help out and everything. So it's good.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say um, thank you so much. This has been right, really eye-opening. I mean, <laughs> Thank very, very you. For Doha or um, fitness as a whole, I just kind of go and hurt myself at the gym. It's,
1: yeah. <laughs> but, if you ever get a chance, definitely come to Doha.
0: I'll tell you what, yeah, you, ha- you have maybe put it on, on my list of places to
1: go. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it should be on the list for everyone. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, um, the, I mean, the flights aren't too bad. Obviously, you're three hours ahead of UK time. And there's always something to do. Um, But I'll tell you what, I'm I'm sticking it on my list. Um, It's going to be somewhere. Same with you. 2023 is hopefully going to be the year where I'm going to do a bit more out of my comfort zone as well. It's one of the reasons I'm doing this.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's amazing, yeah.
0: Before wrapping up and letting you enjoy the rest of your day, I Mm -hmm. have these last few questions and these are just quick Mm -hmm. fire questions. Um, Try not to think about them too much. See what comes to (laughs) the next What advice would you give to yourself five years ago before moving to Doha?
1: You're going to have to work hard to get where you want to be. It's going to be a roller coaster of a journey, but you're going to come out of it stronger.
0: (laughs) Was there anything that you forgot to pack when you first moved?
1: No, not really, because I'm such a light packer that, you know what? (laughs) Quickly, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Have you picked up any favorite phrases while you're out there? Any favorite sayings?
1: Well, the Arabic word, the one that they always use, uh, that they say, inshallah, which means. Inshallah, like yes, maybe it will happen. But if they say inshallah, it means it's not gonna happen. Oh. <laughs> so oh, yeah. yes, we, we all use that now.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this might be an easy one for you, but being in the gym, everyone gets gets in the zone with a certain kind of music. Could be heavy metal, could be dance, could be trance, could be pop, could, mm-hmm. be, could be jazz. Is there a song that is always number one on your playlist?
1: Ooh. Now at the moment, ooh, the Fer- what is it called Ferrari? I'm sure it's called Ferrari. Uh, I think
0: I know the one you're all about. <laughs> you
1: know, I think, I think, you know, now I always, it has to be at least once. <laughs> I has to play once when I train.
0: <laughs> well, and obviously you've mentioned it. Where, where are you off to next? Is it, are you going to be Thailand or South Africa? What's the first on the list?
1: Ooh, I think the first will be Thailand.
0: And what country is on your bucket list that you have to see one day?
1: Iceland, Northern Lights, that's on my bucket list for sure.
0: Uh, well i'll tell you i'm there next month so i will send you a photo and then no way yeah so i will send oh, you oh that Oh god! <laughs> and maybe that'll give you the nudge to go there this year
1: yeah 100 percent. wow amazing
0: Right, <laughs> again vika thank you so much yeah. for your time
1: thank you for having me thank you uh, this it's has been, been absolutely a pleasure wonderful.
0: and i'll let you go and enjoy your day i'm and- off to train off the train, thank you for the rest day. It's too, it's too wet and windy here as well. <laughs> so, thank you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the Tales from Travelers podcast to stay up to date on past and future episodes. I'm always looking to share new stories from expats and newcomers from all over the world. So, please reach out if you'd like to share your story. You never know, your story could be the one that helps someone make that life changing choice. You can find us on Instagram at Tales from Travelers. I'd love to hear your story, and more importantly, I'd love to share it with the world. I look forward to hearing from you, but thanks again for joining me, and until next time, happy travels.
1: Thank you, you too.